This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. When marijuana becomes legal next July, it could be sold with more restrictions than tobacco. The Liberals will have to decide on an age of majority for recreational use and which retail network will be allowed to sell it and a host of other regulatory issues. Now, there is a brand new position paper released less than an hour ago by the Canadian Mental Health Association's Ontario branch, and it calls on the province to ban pot smoking in cars with a zero-tolerance policy, uh, capping the amount of THC, which is the active ingredient in cannabis products, and to use all the tax revenues from the sale to boost addiction and mental health services. That's just some of the recommendations. Uh, I'd like to hear from you. The numbers to call, 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. Right now, let's go to Steve Murray, the Executive Director of the Canadian Mental Health Association. Welcome, Steve. Hi, thanks for having me. Okay, Uh, so uh, first of all, why did you feel it necessary to come out with this position paper? Well, I think both the uh, CMHA, which uh, runs uh, mental health and addiction services in over 30 communities in the province, and our sister organization, uh, Addictions and Mental Health Ontario, recognize that um, the... uh, pending uh, legalization of uh, marijuana will provide both some opportunities as well as some challenges uh, to government uh, as uh, it begins to implement a framework of legalization. Uh, So, you know, our our key recommendation is to to think about this in terms of public health uh, as opposed to uh, moving away from the criminalization uh, side of things. The, you know, the war on drugs has not been successful. Um, I mean, ironically, uh, back, you know, 40-odd years ago, the Ladane Commission in Canada proposed uh, legalizing the use of cannabis, and it's taken us, you know, over 40 years to catch up with uh, recommendations from, uh, you know, from a previous Liberal government. So uh, I I think the important thing is, um, you know, making sure that there are education programs uh, to help the public understand both uh, the risks of uh, um, uh, the use of marijuana as well as appropriate use. I think it's important that, you know, the transportation uh, side of things and uh, be regulated. So clearly uh, there's at least as much danger of impaired driving uh, with uh, cannabis as there is with alcohol. So that needs to be taken into consideration. Where probably- where are we at in terms of, uh, you know, the technology to detect, uh, you know, driving under the influence of cannabis? Well, my understanding is it's more uh, complex than uh, driving while impaired. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and And so... Um, you know, I think you'd have to defer to a, uh, a physician or, or a law enforcement agency in terms of what they're planning. But, for example, 
uh, even the the technology and testing for alcohol use requires officers in Ontario to take a two-week course. And so there's going to have to be a lot of work done on deciding, uh, you know, how do you train uh, officers in traffic control to uh, assess uh, impairment and then what types of testing are used. Uh, can you just take us through uh, some of your other recommendations? Sure. Well, um, first of all, as I said previously, we're advising that the government take a public health approach to the legislation, uh, legalization and the regulation of cannabis. Um, so there, the, the legislation does need to address, uh, and this has to do more with the use of the revenues from um, uh, the legalization. There is currently a, a problem in accessing mental health and addiction services, and we believe that uh, the revenues the government will get uh, will be an opportunity to address uh, this problem and make sure there's both research, access to services, and preventative programs in place. For example, um, the, the state of Colorado has been, has been realizing uh, $200 million a year in tax revenue, um, and they have a population uh, about, of about 5.5 million. Ontario's population is 13 million. So um, we could anticipate that once fully rolled out, there'll be an additional $500 million in tax revenue to the province. And the mental health and addiction system is underfunded. Uh, we spend uh, about 6% of our total health spending on uh, mental health and addiction care, and uh, most jurisdictions should be spending 9%. So this will be an opportunity once that $500 million comes in uh, a year to make sure that the right services are in place to both uh, help people um, uh, if, if they do encounter problems. I'm, with, I'm uh, sure that there are, uh, the government uh, is uh, just itching to get their hands on that money and uh, there will be a lot of calls on it. Uh, what about the age uh, the age of majority in terms of marijuana. What are your thoughts on that? There, there's been evidence that it can be harmful for uh, younger developing brains. Well, we've taken the position that it needs to be harmonized with the alcohol legislation so that while uh, there is the medical evidence that the brain is developing up until 25, we believe that uh, 19 is uh, a reasonable um, uh, age uh, for the legislation. Uh, we also think, you know, the notion of, of banning uh, uh, smoking in public uh, and uh, and education programs focused at, on young people. For example, the Schizophrenia Society uh, a number of years ago uh, did a education program where they actually involved young people uh, who uh, both lived with schizophrenia but who uh, would have the choice to use marijuana and put those messages to young people in a context that young people would understand. Uh, so I think you know involving youth in the messaging is going to be really critical to this because uh, those of us who are potentially Zoomers or even a bit younger may not be able to communicate in the same way and with the same kind of effectiveness that uh, young people themselves could. And what about the training for the people who sell the marijuana products? Well, again, I think uh, it's going to depend uh, how and where the training, uh, how and where the distribution takes place, uh, and that hasn't been resolved. But uh, uh, clearly, um, you know, if, for example, we adopted a, a sort of a, a Netherlands approach where, you know, you could go into a cafe and 
and both buy and, and consume marijuana, then the servers would need to be trained in a similar way that people in a bar uh, here are trained. If, on the other hand, we say that's not the uh, option we're going to go for and you know decide to distribute it uh, through um, the LCBO, then again, their staff are going to have to be trained. So I think depending on uh, what position the government takes here in this province around how it will be distributed. And I think the other complicating factor is that um, it's not just, you know, buying um, uh, marijuana itself in, in, in the smoking form, but it is, it is available and will be available in other forms. So that whole question of if it's added to foodstuffs, uh, how do you control that? How do you keep foodstuffs uh, uh, out of the hands of young people and children. So, I mean, this is a, this is a complicated uh, area. Obviously, we do have the benefit of other jurisdictions uh, in the world and, and south of the border that have uh, had a regime in place, and so I, we're, we're encouraging the government to look very carefully at, you know, what's worked in other jurisdictions. Okay. Uh, we, do think, we do think that uh, you'd need either to incorporate the regulation through the LCBO or set up a separate organization with similar powers. Okay. Um, I'd like to throw it out there for people. What do you think of what you've just been hearing from Steve Murray? Um, uh, first Steve of all... Steve Murray, by the way. Pardon? Steve Lurie? Oh. L-U-R-I-E? I'm terribly sorry. I have a wrong, uh, I have a wrong notation here. Um, That's okay. Okay. Steve Lurie, Executive Director of the Canadian Mental Health Association. Uh, And uh, his group wants all the revenues uh, from the sale of marijuana. Uh, I think that's probably a little aspirational, given uh, that the government, I'm sure, is itching to get their hands on all that cash. What do you think? Where should the money from the sale of marijuana go, given that it is coming? Uh, Do you agree with 19 as the age of majority? The numbers to call 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. And we've got uh, Alina in Richmond Hill. Hello there, Alina. Hello. Um, I'm definitely against the legalization of marijuana. Mm-hmm. I've been, I'm a, a, a psychiatric survivor, and I've lived in asylums where marijuana has practically destroyed the minds of some of the patients there. It, it changes the perception of the mind. It changes the mind completely. It causes hallucinations, delusions, and all kinds of other um, terrible things that happen to the mind. Um, and unlike smoking, smoking just affects the body, it destroys the body. But marijuana is very dangerous. In the wrong hands, it can be very, very dangerous. And driving can cause accidents again. I, don't, I think the government is too permissive. There should be a crackdown on, on, uh, on, on marijuana, use of marijuana, especially among young people. I think it's dangerous, very dangerous. I've seen what it has done to some people, how it's been addictive and how it's destroyed their minds. Mm-hmm. But uh, and, uh, given that it's given that it's coming, the terrible drug addiction. What the, the drugs? What do you think of these uh, recommendations? It's coming. I mean, marijuana is going to be legalized as of next year. Um, I think it's wrong, though. I think it's terribly wrong. I, I don't know why the government is going ahead with it. I don't know because it's popular, I suppose. Because people like to have the effect of marijuana. I've never tried it myself. I don't believe in drugs. I believe in other therapies. But um, 
I, I, I've seen what it has done to some people, and it's very, very dangerous if you have a tendency to be schizophrenic or psychotic. It can be very, very dangerous. Okay, Alina, thanks for that. Thank you. Bye-bye. Well, um, yeah, uh, let's go to Kathy in Oshawa. Hello, Kathy. Hi. You're on the air. Yes, um, regarding where the revenue should go for pot sales. Go ahead. Affordable housing. Uh-huh. Um, the age, you've already got documentation showing that uh, you probably shouldn't be smoking it before you're 25. Good and luck with that, I say. I think should be separate from the LCBO. Yes. And that's all I had to say. Okay, Kathy, thanks for that. You're very welcome. Okay, affordable housing, and it should be separate from the LCBO. Uh, you know, um, Steve, do you have any sense of the direction that the government is going on that in terms of how it would be distributed? No, I think they're looking at a variety of options, and uh, I think there's also going to be discussions uh, with uh, uh, other provinces. Uh, so, you know, we'll have to stay tuned. I, I think the uh, the caller's idea about uh, affordable housing, uh, even in relation to mental health and addiction services, here in Toronto there are 12,000 people uh, on the wait list for supportive housing, and that includes people with addictions, and they can wait up to seven years. So the proposal that the revenues go into mental health and addiction services would cover uh, affordable and supportive housing for uh, people with mental health and addiction problems. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a that's a very good point. Um, again, I I think um, you know I I uh, suspect that that cash uh, will probably go into uh, wherever the government thinks they can use it, as opposed to anything related. Let's go to Brian in Toronto. Hello, Brian. Hi. Good morning. Good morning. Good afternoon. Oh, it is afternoon, eh? Yep. Yeah, it is. You're on the air. Well, I just wanted to make the point that. Everybody that wants to smoke marijuana is already smoking marijuana. It's the most easy-to-access thing that we have in the whole city. And all this hellabaloo about what's going to happen when it's legalized, it's all there's nothing to it because everybody's already smoking the marijuana. Well, I think you have a point there. Uh, but, uh, you know, if it's going to be legal, then uh, you won't see people getting criminal records because of it. And uh, there will presumably be some some curbs on it, some restrictions. I mean, there, there's been a lot of talk that recently the marijuana that you get on the street is really, really strong, and, and that can be a problem. Um, Steve, uh, do you have anything to say about the THC in cannabis? Well, I, I mean, I, I would... Uh emphasize uh, what what you've said I, I I think and that's one of the reasons why uh, regulating it is important because you can control the level of THC and I think you know things that the marijuana that's available for sale will have a you know uh, an agreed upon level so that uh, um, the the risks that have been identified are are minimized uh, you know I think I think the other point that your your recent caller just made is that this is mostly about decriminalizing the use of marijuana. Uh, he's, uh, and and there are, uh, you know, 50,000 offenses every year, uh, most of them for possession in the country. And and so that's not trafficking. That's just, you know, minor possession offenses. And, and so the effect of making uh, the use of marijuana legal for those people who are already using it and then taking it out of the hands 
of uh, the criminal element who currently distribute it and who don't uh, regulate the um, uh, the content of it uh, is is good public policy because it, it it does as your caller says it recognizes that you know if 50,000 people a year are being charged uh, with the use of it the use is probably far higher so why not regulate it why not take the revenues and use it for public good why not have uh, programs that are directed both at treatment for people who require it as a result of their substance use, but also prevention and education and, and targeting youth. Okay. Uh, Brian, thanks for your call. Oh, you're very welcome. Okay. And uh, Steve Lurie, uh, Executive Director of the Canadian Mental Health Association, thank you for that. Thank you. Bye-bye. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.